Welcome to the teaching ministry at Magnolia's First. We hope the next few minutes will help you take your next steps on your faith journey. And we would love to help you take those next steps. Just head over to m1bc.org and fill out the connect form and a pastor will get in touch with you very soon. Or you can text us at 281-343-3033. So this new series we're in, it's entitled Left on Red. That's, that's just the phrase that is used to, to just describe that feeling of when you get a text or a, a, an instant message of some sort and the, the one you have sent a message to has the read receipts on and it says red. And then you wait for minutes, hours, days for the response. I am the absolute worst when it comes to texting, responding to text. Uh, if you text me, I have done everything I can to make sure that read receipts are off. And uh, I might even recommend that for some of you, just as a, a slight thing. The only thing worse than turning it off is leaving it on, and then someone sees that you read their message and you don't respond. My wife can testify, Michelle, that uh, I don't text her back. She reminds me of that when I get home at night. Yes, Pastor Ed, I don't text him back. I had a guy come up to me after the service uh, uh, the early service, and says, well, now I know why you didn't return my text yesterday. And I looked, I was like, for real, I, mean, I, I literally didn't text him. My son, we were at dinner, unrelated to this talk, we were at dinner, I think last night or the night before, and he, he actually told me I'm not one of his emergency contacts. I go, I go, what? And he goes, he goes, well, I got mom on there, and then one of my friends. He goes, Dad, you know you're not going to call me back. <laughs> I was like, man, that, that's brutal, but, but that's real. Uh, you know, when we have that feeling with God, that anxiousness when God seems silent, that is one of the most, I, I don't know, it, it puts a Christ follower in turmoil because we're waiting on God and we're trying to see, you know, when is he going to respond? I, uh, uh, I want to be clear about this series. So we're going to look at Habakkuk 1, 2, and 3. Take us three weeks to get through it. Uh, this series is really communicating to Christ followers. Uh, this series is for uh, the Christ follower because we're, we're talking about God's response to his people. But I don't want to leave out anyone who has not made that decision yet to follow Christ, hasn't taken that next step in their faith journey. I want you to understand that, that God's silence in that area is, is really on you. Maybe there was a time when, uh, when God was just prodding on your heart and, and you felt him you know, calling you to him, but you, you never responded and then just over time, it seemed like God backed off. Here's what I want to be clear about. Scripture talks about the hardening of our heart. And so that is an issue on us. So what I hope during this series, if you have not taken that next step in, in faith of, of receiving him, I hope that you will soften your heart and open your ears to what God has to say. For the Christ followers, I've got 
good news and bad news. And since I really don't know how to communicate the good news, I'm just going to tell you the bad news. Sometimes God literally does not respond. And we're going to see a little bit about that today. And so Habakkuk, let's talk about him a little bit. He's a godly man. He's a prophet. Okay, we call him a minor prophet. Uh, someone, the same guy that I didn't text him back, he told me that the reason he's minor is because he's under 21. I am very black and white, almost believed it, and almost communicated that to you today as if it's truth. And so I'm glad I did not. Uh, well, you know, Habakkuk did not consider himself a minor prophet. They weren't labeled back then. But we just, we don't have a whole lot of his story. We have a very brief uh, story of Habakkuk. And his faith was being tested. Bottom line, his faith was being tested. The people who looked to him for answers from God, their faith was being tested. Uh, The nation of Israel is being tested. And God's response is going to always be, have faith. Turn your Bibles to Habakkuk. Might take you a little while to find it if you're using your paper Bible. But uh, find Habakkuk and then go to uh, chapter 2 real quick. And I want to give you the key verse for our series these next three weeks. Uh, It's Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Let me read it for you. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God, saying the righteous will live by faith. You've heard this before if, if you've been in Scripture. It is a common New Testament theme, can almost be the theme of the entire New Testament, that the righteous will live by faith. Paul quotes Habakkuk. Others quote Habakkuk. Habakkuk is not a silent figure in the the, the writers of the New Testament. Uh, it, he is, his story is known, and that's why we have it today. Uh, unfortunately, we don't know it that well. In fact, you're going to see that we, we sort of abuse it a little bit. But So Habakkuk is the one that gives us that concept first from God, God telling us that the righteous will live by faith. Let me sum up really what we're talking about today with a quote from Oswald Chambers. Listen to what he says. He says, faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. It's a blind faith. Let me read again. Faith never knows where it's being led. True faith, we don't know where we're going. We're going to follow God. We get, we get you know, direction here and there. But in reality, uh, it is a blind faith that God could take us you know, down maybe a little different path that we didn't expect. And so, as Oswald Chambers puts it, faith never knows where it's being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. And that, that is that true faith, uh, true faith in our Lord. Let me give you a few questions that we're going to address uh, throughout the series, but especially today. Number one, if God loves us, why doesn't he protect us? And that comes in many different forms, you know, of protection, you know, financial stability, healing, all that. If God loves us, why doesn't he protect us? Uh, Why does God seem silent? Why does God seem silent? 
And then, is it okay to question God? So let's pray and kind of set the tone for today. Father, we love you. And Lord, we we look forward to going through this series of Habakkuk. I pray that you would open our ears, Lord, to your message. I pray that you would, Lord, let uh, my words not be my own, but Lord, I pray that they would be yours and especially uh, in in the hearts of, of your people, Lord, and myself. Teach me, teach us, Father, what you are teaching Habakkuk. And Lord, we love you. We give this time to you. And, uh, and Father, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So Habakkuk is, the story of Habakkuk that we have is not your typical story. So a prophet in general is one who receives a word from God. He has a message. And, and so God takes a message, gives it to the prophet, and the prophet delivers it to the people. So God's message to the prophet God uses the prophet to communicate to the people. Uh, Those of us that teach in here on stage or in the Sunday school classes, in our groups and everything that we do, uh, you know, Pastor Ed, myself, all our teaching pastors, we are not prophets. Uh, Some of us might have the gift of prophecy, and, and that's a little bit different story. But when we communicate the message of God, we are not communicating a unique message that has not been heard or told before. We, we are communicating the word of God as it is. And so we are, we are teaching and exhorting, ex- inspiring, and, and, and just encouraging us to understand and hear the words of our Lord. And, and that's, that's different because if, if you ever hear a preacher or someone giving a new truth that does not exist in the word of God, run, bottom line. Because in the Old Testament days, God used the prophets to give his message. Uh, in, in now, under the new covenant, God's word is complete. And, and here's the truth. You, as a Christ follower, if you have made that step, you too have the Holy Spirit in you that is going to speak to your heart. And that's where the conflict comes in, because sometimes he seems silent. But I want to encourage you that he's not. So Habakkuk, though, he's different. This story is different. Habakkuk has a message really from himself and the people that he is giving to God. And so rather than the message coming from God to the people, the message is instead coming from the people up to God. And it comes in the form of uh, questions. Let me give you the context. Bad things, bad, bad things are happening to good people in Habakkuk's day. Israel, uh, the, the nation of Israel has been split in two into the southern and northern kingdoms. They never saw that coming under God's promises. The the northern kingdom is pretty much gone now. We only are left with the southern kingdom. And all these things are going on, and then there is this, this country named Babylon that in the distance that they are hearing, messengers are telling them, since they don't have the news and TV, messengers are coming back and telling them, man, there is a nation. Babylon is incredible approaching in, and it doesn't look good. They're mean and they're cruel. And so all this anxiousness of, the, uh, of the, the people of God at this time is culminating into doubt to where they're not believing God is going to do what he promised them. And so 
remember that the people in this day, they had a covenant from God. And it had to do with their land and their nation. And everything that's going on in Habakkuk's day, that covenant is being challenged. Because it looks like they're losing their grip on being a nation. They're losing their grip on having any land. Everything seems to be crumbling apart. But yet, God promised them that they would be a great nation. Deuteronomy 30 kind of lines that out for us. But so, it's that faith in what God said he would do is what they're having trouble with. They're having... They're having trouble with the covenant that God gave. The idea of a covenant. There are some covenants that God gives in Old Testament times that are, that are non, or they are conditional, uh, where, you know, God says, if you, the people, do this, then I, the Lord your God, will do this. The particular covenant that the people are struggling with is not one of those if-then. It's one of those unconditional covenants that God has given. You will be a great nation. You, you, know, you're, you're, you, you will prosper. All, all these things that God expected nothing in return. This is important for us because it is the same type covenant that we have with God today for your salvation, for my salvation. That, that is a covenant that God has given us. And l- let me explain a little bit a covenant. A covenant is an agreement between two parties where one party has made the promise to the other. And that one party says, I will do this. God has given you that promise. If you'll accept the covenant he has given you, he, he gives the promise, the unconditional thing, that, that I will save you. I will be your God. And we all know, uh, probably most of us, if not all of us, have in some form or fashion sinned in the last maybe 10 minutes, and yet God still says, you are my people. I have chosen you, and you are secure. I forgive you. God's grace. A, a, a little bit different uh, idea than that would be a contract. A contract is where two parties come to an agreement, but each party makes a promise to the other, and then if one breaks the promise, then the contract is over. And so you see the difference between just a contract and then an unconditional covenant. I did a wedding last night in Houston, and I encouraged the couple on this concept. As they were about to give their vows, I reminded them, as, as a marriage, if you are married, when you, when you gave your vows to each other, you were not declaring the present love you had for each other. You were declaring the future love that you had. And it was a covenant. And the covenant was, I will do all these things, even if you don't, I will, through, you know, health, through poor, through good times, through bad times, all those different things. It is a declaration of a covenant future love that I will give to you. And so, like that marriage, now granted, we're human, again, we tend to break covenants. If you have never broken a promise, let me know. I'd like to meet you and uh, talk with you a little bit. And my wife might like to meet you too because I break promises all the time. But this is our God. 
This is a holy God, our creator, our maker. He does not break a promise. Yet the people at this time were starting to doubt that in a very, very big way. And so our faith needs to be grounded in the covenant. And that's what is happening. You see, none of us struggle. When God seems silent, we don't struggle with, did God hear me, necessarily, we, we pretty much accept that God heard. Where we, where we begin to struggle is when we don't get the response. And so there's that anger, that idea of being left on red. He heard. Why has he not responded? And so it's that anxiousness, that tension that, that we'll talk about is that we have faith that he hears when we pray because he's an all-knowing God. But now we're starting to doubt that covenant relationship of salvation through grace because he's not answering. In fact, it seems like he just doesn't care. And so it brings us to that question, if God loves us, why doesn't he protect us? If you're struggling with some of that today, if God is seeming silent, then listen up. And, and really, for most of us, we, we all have these times and areas of our life where God just seems silent. Habakkuk goes to God, and honestly, these few verses kind of seem like a rant. They, uh, this is my opinion. I kind of believe he kind of crossed the line of respect to God up front, just to tell you the truth. There's another set of questions where I think his, his, uh, his posture kind of shifts and he goes back to reverence for God. Just my opinion as I read it, he does begin though with, uh, with extreme uh, respect for God by calling him O Lord, which is Yahweh, which is the, the most holy name of God. But, but listen to his tone. Uh, we'll start in verse two. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and I see violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed. There is no justice in the courts. The, wick, the wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Does any of that sound familiar? Anything. It, it's awfully familiar. Let, let me give you a, a, a brief reminder. We could take that passage out and put it into almost every prayer group as we pray for our country, our nation, and everything that's going on. Um, I hope what you just heard is Old Testament times where people of God are struggling with the exact same thing. Um, where we are today and, and what we struggle with, it's not new to Christ followers. It's, it is a pattern that has happened in Scripture. It's happened in our day. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of it. I'm only 22 and so, uh, 
No, but for real, those, those in, in even the older generations, they've seen these times come. And, and it's kind of funny, the older the generation that you spend time with, the more peace they have during this time. Why, why do you think that is for a Christ follower? They, they, they've, they've seen it, they've seen God's faithfulness through it before, and, and they know God is going to do it again. And so that would be my warning, is that if you believe today is a new day where God has never seen anything like this before, uh, we, we can't treat it like that. We, we need to approach it in the same way that Habakkuk does. And uh, I'm not going to lie, it's a little uncomfortable, but we'll get there. So Habakkuk thinks that God's not listening. He asks all these questions. He does this. Let me let you hear God's reply. It's beautiful. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. If you were to Google right now, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, and, and you hit the images tab, you will get all sorts of inspirational messages with this on it. You'll get t-shirts, you'll get mugs, you'll get pictures you can hang on your wall. Pinterest is all over the place. Etsy is all over the place. This concept has been grabbed and, and just put together. Uh, I went to, we, my family, we went to the Grand Canyon uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'd never seen it. I was blown away. But I, I can just picture standing on the top of the mountain. In fact, I drew in my notes a little guy standing on a mountain. It's, it's a bad picture. But, uh, but standing on the mountaintop, and then with this banner of, for I am doing something in your day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. Here's the problem. Everybody on Google forgot to read verse 6. And we do that a lot. We grab onto one little concept, and then we really miss the true message that God is trying to put out there. Uh, We miss the message that God has a bigger story for us. God has a bigger plan where we only want to know about the great thing you're doing in my own day. Listen to verse 6. It's uncomfortable. I won't lie. And let me say this before we read it. Sometimes God doesn't change your situation because he's trying to change your heart. Sometimes God doesn't change your situation because he's trying to change your heart. Verse 6. God replies and he says, I am raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. We don't have the time to really flesh out the theology of what just happened here. But I don't want to gloss over it it happened. Habakkuk cried out in anguish, in fear, and all sorts of emotions crying out, blaming God, you know, why, 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 why? And then God's response was, I am raising up the Babylonians, 
a violent people. If that doesn't struggle in you, if that, if that doesn't kind of spin your heart like it does mine, you need to read it over and over and over again. Let me be clear. Uh, God does not, uh, uh, God does a lot of things, okay? Um, I would say 99% of the time, the stuff that goes on in our life, God does not cause. But there are times, and this is one of them, in the nation of Israel, and it's really important that it is those people because this is really when God responded most like this, but he did act, he did raise up, and he did endorse the cruel and violent people that were coming. But here's the good news, really for us, not them. (laughs) The good news is that all this unfolds in Daniel. If you read Daniel, all this kind of comes together uh, and if, if you read uh, Jeremiah, and let, let me say Jeremiah, uh, another prophet, you might have heard his name, he's in this same kind of era and timeline. They overlap a little bit, and Jeremiah is, is proclaiming you know, judgment, and then with the same message, he's given the message from God, and Jeremiah's message is repent. Repent. Go back to what we're talking about. What is God really doing, and where is the good news in that? The, the good news is that God is chasing after the hearts of his people. He is way more concerned about the condition of our hearts, my heart and your heart, than he is our circumstance. And that is a reality. It, it's a harsh reality, but it's true. You see, God is asking you, to give utmost and full, total faith, blind faith to him. In fact, we are actually closer to God when we're asking the questions than when we're trying to give him the answers. Think about that for a second. How many times do we go to God and our prayer life is spent with giving him the answers? God, if this would happen... This would happen, A, B, C, D. It's as simple as that, God. And I'm going to pray this every single day, God, until it comes true. And, and we, we do, But all we're doing is just giving God information that he already has. Let me show you what Habakkuk does. This is when his mood shifts. When he stops giving the answers and really goes into true question mode. Verse 12, O Lord my God, my Holy One, you are eternal. Surely you don't plan to wipe us out. O Lord our rock, you have seen these Babylonians uh, to correct and to punish us for many uh, sins. You've sent them, but you are pure. You cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent? While the wicked swallow up people more righteous than them? He's not being manipulative here. And and again, if you'll read it, you'll see the shift in posture. In fact, it's almost as if he is preaching to himself. You know what he's doing? He's reminding himself of the truths of God. Look at how that plays out. Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, you're eternal, you are a rock, you are pure. You can't stand the sight of evil. You're holy. All these things. He is, he is 
reminding himself of the truths of God. So it's not a lack of faith. It is just a, really a returning to faith and going through the reminders of who God really is. And it goes back to the whole theme of Habakkuk. Remember Habakkuk 2.4. The righteous will live by faith. God is going through every single step, length, whatever you want to call it, to grab the heart of his people. Whatever you are going through today, whatever you might go through tomorrow, the unfortunate news that I have to share is that in Scripture, God has been known to leave people in their circumstances so that he can draw their heart. And that is just, that is a harsh truth, but once you're on the other side of that, it is a beautiful truth. I want to share with you next week about an illness I had that, uh, that was terrible at the time. But now as an adult, I see that, that God, God placed that in me. In fact, honestly, it's one of those things that I, I don't know if God allowed it or caused it. I kind of prefer that God would have caused it. Because he gave an illness in my knee arthritis that, that now as an adult, I look back and I see the great things that he intended for me that would not be realized had I not had that. And so that's on the other side. That's perspective. Here's the thing. Is it okay to question God? Absolutely. In fact, it might be the closest you'll be to God is when you're questioning him. But press in to the silence of God and continue to ask questions. But in that, remind yourself of the truths of God. Do what Habakkuk did. Press into the truth that God has. Press into the, to the things that God has done in the past and what you know he will do in the future. Remember that God loves you. In fact, he loves you so much that it might hurt. He loves you so much that it might be uncomfortable. If, if you're a parent, you understand that a bit. Sometimes we let our kids feel a little bit of pain and we know it's better for them. I remember a terrifying moment in my life at Astroworld when I was there with my kids. And no, where I was a kid with my dad. Astroworld is a theme park if I just outdated myself. But uh, Astroworld had grease lightning. It was the typical roller coaster that went terrified. Wouldn't, my dad forced me on that bad boy crying and everything and uh, made me ride it. Uh, after we got off, you'd think, was I okay with it? No, I remained terrified. My dad knew, though. My dad knew. He had to take me through this little pain because if I'm 18 and I'm with my friends and I can't ride a roller coaster, it's going to be embarrassing. You know? And so sometimes he just had to man me up. But he had perspective and he knew. But it was terrifying at the moment. But God had much better perspective. Faith never knows where it's being led. It's blind faith, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Let me read uh, a passage out of Hebrews, and I'll close with this. And my, uh, my encouragement for you this week is that you would take all of Hebrews 10 and read it and study it this week, especially if you're feeling like, uh, like God's voice is silent in your life right now. Uh, this is a, a, a chapter of faith. And so listen to this 
excerpt out of it, verses 35 through 38, and maybe this could be your prayer for today. So, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings to you. Patient endurance is what you need to know, is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised, for in just a little while the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns you away. If you're struggling with that silence today, I I just want to remind you to to lean into the truths of God. Remember that he has a covenant relationship with you. He's never going to abandon you, but it could hurt. And then just hang on to this one statement. When God seems silent, rest assured he's never absent. He's always there. His presence is there. Let's pray together. Then Pastor Ed's going to come up, and, uh, and we'll have a prayer time to where uh, we can just lean in on this and focus in on this. Father, we love you. And Lord, I pray for, for those of us in here that, that, Father, your voice seems distant or even silent. Lord, I pray that, that Lord, we would, uh, Lord, stop giving you answers and really start asking the questions that are okay to ask. Father, Habakkuk teaches us that it's okay to question. But Father, we need to do it in respect and awe of you. Father, help me be willing to go through pain. Help me be willing to go through uh, circumstances that are just uncomfortable so that my heart can be closer to you. And I pray that for all of us. And Lord, we give you this day, we give you this week. And Lord, I just pray that Hebrews 10 would come alive to each of us this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.